Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Howe with One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I'm joined today, and I'm happily joined, as always, by my good friend and my business partner, and um, well, basically the guy that you hear every other week for the past almost complete three years, uh, the Mr. Jason Johnston Yellen, the good Mr. Jason Johnston Yellen. <laughs> Not just the Mr., you are the good Mr. I'm glad that you say happily, because I've been looking forward to this episode for a good month, maybe six weeks, where we get to sit down together in December. Mm. Almost all of our travel is done for the year. (laughs) Mine is. You you have another little bit or two up your sleeve. Yeah, I got a little bit here, a little bit there. And we get to just look back on the year. And we get to share that with our beloved listeners. Yeah, it's always nice to to have an interview guest. But sometimes it's nice to just you and me sit down, have a conversation, uh, and, and, and share that with the listeners when it's just you and me. Yeah, it's also our least amount of work episode. <laughs> because we haven't scheduled an interview with anybody. Uh-huh. We haven't either had to conduct that interview uh-huh. or listen to the other's raw audio yeah. of that interview. We haven't had to think about how we build an episode around that interview. We're not doing any news. We're not reading an email. Mm-hmm. We just sit, we blather for some amount of time, and it's just fun. It's just sitting, chatting, dramming. This is what you and I do the majority of the time that we get to hang out. And it's lovely to just open the door, invite in the listeners, mm. and just sit here together, dramming, chatting, reflecting. If it's so damn easy, how come we don't do it more often? Why do we make it so hard for ourselves the other 20, 25, 26 weeks of the, of the year? <laughs> well, because I don't think you and I could just sit in yammer to each other we talked about this in our last maybe it was only in our last production meeting (laughs) i don't know if it made it to the final copy but our introductions to our episodes are Mm. getting longer and longer and it's basically because you and i get a chance to just sit down and catch up hey what have you been doing for the last two weeks where have you been what have you seen who have you spoken to what have you tasted it's just us catching up and so yeah, as much as our interview, our introductions to our episodes are getting longer, we still do ultimately get to an interviewee, which I think keeps it fresh and interesting mm. and gives us something different to talk about and focus on. Would you say that this is this will just be like an hour and a half introduction with, with zero ending? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which I know you're not in the business of unhappy endings. If, uh, so... No. You make it sound as if I'm in the business of happy endings, which could have a very interesting connotation to it. Um, um, here's here's something to remind the listeners before we, we get into the, the heart of our conversation. Uh, you and I announced in the last episode we are going to do our third annual mailbag episode to close out mm-hmm. this season. It'll be... Uh, Season three, do we call it season three, series three? I can never remember. We, in, we... in the U.S., we call it season three. Yeah. 
Do we call it seasons for the podcast? We always call it seasons. Yeah, we, okay. we stick with the American uh, uh, de- descriptor. Okay. Of seasons. So, so questions are beginning to appear in the inbox. There's not a flood just yet. It's a it's a simple trickle at this point. You have until December 31 mm-hmm. to send us a question, any question you want. We'll, we'll give it a read and see if we want to answer it uh, on the podcast or not. But you can send that to questions at One Nation Under Whiskey. And as always, there's no E in whiskey. Wow. It's so funny hearing those words come out your mouth. Because, and I'm sure the listeners can hear it too, they were tortured, every last one of them. Well, it's only because I was thinking in my head, is it questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com? Of course it is. <laughs> no, it's .gov. And then I'm thinking, do I have to tell people it's .com or have we reached, like if you just tell people, oh yeah, my email address is such and such at Gmail, folk just go, oh, of course it's gmail.com, but you don't say .com anymore. Yeah. Just say at Gmail. So do I have to say at one nation under whiskey dot com? I would I would do that to be safe. So you've okay. s- you've said it already. Okay. People have heard you. Okay. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. But I would suggest that I should probably finish out the rest because I think you're just gonna mess it all up. Oh, I wasn't doing anything after that. I was only doing questions at one nation under whiskey dot com. Wow. So you're just you're gonna do the face place and the instas and moments. all that. So this is just like oh, wow. an everyday thing for you, okay? Okay. Um, yeah. So <laughs> you can also reach out to us uh, by Twitter at One Nation Whiskey. You could send us a, I think the kids call them a DM, uh, which in my day meant dungeon master, but I think in in today's day and age. <laughs> That refers to a direct message uh, or a PM, which could be either a prime minister or a personal message. Um, <laughs> via- As we record this the day before the the UK general election, I know, right? PMs are to the forefront. <laughs> so via Instagram, you can send us a message at One Nation Under Whiskey, and then there's always Facebook. Just go to the Facebook search bar. Look for One Nation Under Whiskey, and we have a page, and we have a personal group, and you can send us messages on on any of those. Just make sure that when you do, that you don't use the E in the word whiskey, because we don't use the E in the word whiskey. And for me, one final thing, Mm -hmm. given that we are in the holiday season, if you are in a a mood to send a gift our way... um, if you haven't had a chance to leave a review oh, at iTunes, okay. we haven't mentioned that maybe all year. Yeah. But if you get a chance to leave a review there, you know, a few a few stars, I think it's out of five, if I remember correctly. Yeah. A, a five-star review would be a lovely, lovely holiday gift. Really and would uh, I wouldn't white elephant it. I would not allow it to get away from me. I would, I would hold it dear. Very near to my heart. Oh, I see what you did there. I'm not sure everybody knows what an elephant gift is, which we also know as here up in the north, we call the Yankee Swap gift. But you down That's in the south. A, call that it sounds a little offensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just call it Indians blankets uh, in Virginia. Like, isn't that, doesn't everybody? <laughs> oh, I thought I thought you just called them uh, con- Confederate um 
Confederate Stop talking. No? Stop talking. Oh, really? Walk you away. could do the Indian thing? I can't do the Confederate. Walk away from it. All right. There's something in there anyway. Um, I was only quoting people. You were making a joke. Oh, is that true? So, it's been quite a year, Joshua. It really has been. Um, but, but, <laughs> before, before, I'm glad that's all I need to say. Yeah, that's all you have it's to say. It's been quite a year. But, it, but I think, I think what it, it would be good for our listeners... <laughs> Is to <laughs> is to maybe just lay out the the format of this in case they don't remember from last year's year oh, okay, in review yeah. how, yeah, how will, we kind I of will, lay it out. You cool with that? I will appreciate this this as well. So he, this is like a production meeting for our listeners. A little bit, uh, yeah, a little peek behind the curtain. Um, so the things that we like to cover in our year in review episodes is. So as far as whiskey goes, what was our favorite single cask nation release? Obviously, okay. that's our independent, that's our own independent bottling company. So we have yeah. to talk yeah. about that. But from, yeah. from a personal standpoint, what was our favorite whiskey period? You know that that we tasted in the year, not yeah. necessarily released in the year, but tasted in the year. Oh really? See, you've always had this You're little wrinkle that I've never agreed with. I know you've never agreed with that, but okay. So we can we can continue to agree to disagree on the exact parameters around selection number two. Please well, continue. Yeah, and, and, please continue. <laughs> and then finally, uh, there there's a wild card. I, mm. I, it could be an honorable mention. It could be maybe the worst whiskey we've tasted. It mm. could be whatever we want it to be. It's a wild card, right? I've I've three things lined up. Okay, and then we. Dis- I'm that prepared. You're that prepared. Okay, and then we discuss our favorite episodes mm. of the year and things that may have surprised us, and then finally. We are going to hint towards some things that folk might see in 2020. Okay. Okay. I can, I can definitely do those things. My guess is we're going to have conversations and then we'll periodically drop in a little whiskey selection. Then a conversation, a little bit of whiskey selection. We're going to mix this up. Sure. Yeah. Mix it up. So just so we can get something in our glass. Shit, man. I have and something in my glass already. <laughs> and me too, which is why I'm leading this section, because I wanted to jive with what's in my glass. And and so I was going to begin with favorite single cast nation release from 2019. Boom. That is officially what's in my glass. Awesome. 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 Um, okay. So, Joshua, uh-huh. I remember from last year's episode, us... Guessing, playing a little guessing game with one another. That's right. Yeah. To see if we could (laughs) guess what the other one selected. Okay. So, so, so hold it up to the, to the camera here. And okay. We're looking at pale. We're looking at quite blonde. Yep. And that's, you're talking about a whiskey. It is. Yes. Your hair is darker in the winter season. It is. Yep. Okay, so very light, looks quite juicy in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good look, oils. Yeah, look at the legs. Single cast nation release. Yeah, it's gonna have it. There you go. It's an SCN. It's got to have oils. It's got to be rich. Okay, rich. Okay, give us three three nose notes for us yeah. to work with. Okay, 
<laughs> Three nose notes. Okay. All right. So here we go. The first one. Peach juice. Peach juice. Okay. Vanilla bean ice cream. Okay. So we're talking. So between the color and the peaches and the vanilla, we're talking bourbon cast maturation here. Correct. Very good. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, professional. Carry on. And then the other. <laughs> Unfortunately, peach and vanilla has not helped me in any way. Well, you know, as with any whiskey, I'm I'm afraid to be too very specific. So one thing I will tell you, this this is not one of our lechigs. But if it were a lechig, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, uh, like um, Dunnage Floor or or slight sulfur or something funky, right? So to me, certain distilleries have particular characteristics. So I'm trying to give notes that, at least in my mind, won't just give it away immediately. Okay? (laughs) With that said, I'm trying to guess it while speaking to you over FaceTime and our listeners are trying to guess it while listening to it over earbuds. So I don't think you could really go too crazy with a big note for us. Uh, the, the <laughs> <laughs> this isn't like we're trying to guess it blind where it's in our glass. It's only in your glass. The last the la- the last thing that I would that I would tell you uh-huh. would be rice crispy treats. Okay. Okay. Good God. Um, Okay, 20 questions style. Mm -hmm. This is uh, when you're trying to be a little bit careful with the the nose notes here. Uh There's no no smoke. There's no peat. This is not... This is not an Isla we're dealing with here. Is there smoke in there that you're not telling us about? This, I can't detect any smoke on the nose. <laughs> if there, if there is smoke in there, I, I, I would challenge anybody to detect, you know, little if any smoke in this. Mm-hmm. Though, though some might, some might. <laughs> But you haven't clearly said this is not Isla. I know I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, instead of me making any guesses on the nose, why don't you taste it? Give us a few taste notes. So, oh my gosh, okay. And so, to be very clear here, I actually had two whiskeys that were neck and neck for first place. Mm-hmm. And actually, a third one that was just uh, as our, as our good friend uh, Jonathan Bray would say, was just a bee's dick away from 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 being there too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Close one I, thing. I, yeah, I've got to tell you, 2019. I mean, granted, I'm always proud of our bottlings, but I think we've we've bottled some really fun and interesting things across many different styles, whether it was mezcal, bourbon, scotch whiskey, you know, just a lot of interesting things. So anyway, to taste... Did we, did we say any, 
mezcal this year? Didn't we release all the mezcals in 2018? Or were those 2018? <laughs> <laughs> only, only in case listeners are thinking, did I miss some mezcal from these guys? No, we didn't yeah. release those in 2018, did we? Yeah, the... Well, no, maybe they were maybe released in 2019. The yeah, label, the bottle, yeah. yeah, the bottle says August 2017 for bottling, and then it was another <laughs> year before we got movement on those. So, yeah, yeah. and then another few months before it even became <sighs> sellable. So, yeah, it was a 2019 <laughs> thing. So, you want you want tasting notes? Okay, just a few, just a few. I would say something to get our teeth into, but that would be mm. that'd be a terrible pun. Lemon creamsicle. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say, huh, that's an interesting one. The taste of the smell of celery soda. Okay. And then finally. I'm guessing I know what this is. Finally, I would say, ooh. Oh. And again, I'm, try- I'm trying to vanilla pudding. Yeah, vanilla pudding. Is is there a descriptor beginning with L that you have omitted from each tier here? Yes, love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, libel? No, that's that's it, no. Is there a chance that you and I have the same thing in our glasses? <laughs> there is something within that with an L that is missing. Let me see. Why don't you get... Well, that color looks kind of familiar. Why don't you give me a couple of tasting notes? Um, for, for me, there's very nice, crisp, green apple skin on the nose. Oh, I like that. Huh. It's hard. To, you know, my nose just desperately wants to move towards the L word that isn't love, even though I do love this. Lapsang Suchan. And so as I try to poke beyond that. Oh, even even a little bit of um, warm bananas. Warm bananas and brown sugar. Lycanthropy. Was that the word? (laughs) I love that we poured the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now you're going in for the taste. The, oh. the texture's fantastic, isn't it? The texture's fantastic. That little bit of L word is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't doesn't overwhelm, but it just envelops so pleasingly. So, and then for me, yeah. and, I, and I have a hard time really acknowledging that this is there, okay. but I get it through the experience. I get a little coal dust. Okay. No, I, I, assuming these are the same things. And, but, he, but here's the thing, and, and I'll let you continue your point in just a second. For me, it's, it's even when I was, you know, 14 and we lived in the countryside and on a cold winter's morning, you had to clean out the coal fire, the hearth mm. from the previous night. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that. It's, there's, there's a coldness in the room. There's that little bit of cold dust wafting around there's there's also i think a little bit of like a cold bacon fat just to the very very back of the palate almost transitioning into the finish that's interesting so i had never the coal dust i can totally see 
And now when you talk bacon fat, now both of us have to go way back way into back. the depths way of our back. of our taste memories because I I'm celebrating seeing seeing as now I'm 46 years old, I'm celebrating mm-hmm. 31 years vegetarian and also the majority of my life not touching bacon, though in my younger years before I was uh, more into my Judaism, um, I, I I did dabble in, in bacon. But let me ask you this, the, the L word that you talk about. Yes. It's not <laughs> pronounced, but it's there, right? Correct, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's what I mean by it's not smacking me in the face, but it is uh, enveloping me, so... Um, was this a, an online release? Online only. Um, in the earlier part of the year? No, it was actually uh, <laughs> it's somewhat more recent. Really? I don't even remember when we released it. You sure? <laughs> oh yeah, bottled yeah. bottled in May? Yeah, bottled in May. <laughs> wow. With a spectacular label designed by Mo McAuliffe. Yes, bottled at forty four point one percent alcohol. So the so the L word is lavender, lavender. <laughs> and this is our nineteen eighty nine Bomo oh single cash. Seriously, yeah. how much time have you and I spent between two thousand eleven and and then actually receiving the news? that there was a sample available and we could taste a sample. How much time did you and I spend thinking about, looking for an FWP, a 1980s Bowmore cask yep. to bottle? Yep. Yeah, this this was up there among the white whales. Whales. Whales? No, um, whales. H-W-A-L-E. White whales that, that we desperately wanted to find a yeah. good example yeah. of yep. and get it bottled. Then, but then even, even aside from the sheer quality of the cask and of the liquid, it was the fact that it became our most expensive bottle. Yeah. And we took a leap of faith with our membership and we sold a $395 bottle online. Yeah. And... 150 bottles sold out in four minutes. Like all of those things just heightened the yeah. overall experience for yeah. me yep. of the 1989 Bowmore. You know, I, I had to think long and hard about this one because part of me thought, well, am I giving this extra points because it was something that we had worked so hard and long for to you know, to get a cask of, and is it that good? Is it as good as our Kleinleash 23, which, which by the way, was my, um, you know, that third one, that one that was just a bee's dick away. Uh, you know, was it as good as that? Was it as good as our Lichig 15? Was it as good as, as some of our, uh, wild turkeys, etc.? And, Hell, and, I would put the Clenlish nine-year-old up against anything we against bottled this year. No, I know. I know. And <laughs> and to be honest, I would too. The only reason why I found the nine... The only reason why I thought the nine-year-old was a slight step below the 23, at least for my own palate, was the waxiness on the 23-year-old 
was on overload just the way that I like it. Mm-hmm. And while it was there on the nine-year-old, it was almost clear to me to see that the waxiness likely comes through a bit more on the Klein leash after it's 10 years or older. And so my only thing with the nine-year-old is I wished it had a bit more wax. But to be fair... Well, to be fair... Oh, don't say to be fair. I hate when people say to be fair. It sounds like, uh, to be fair. To be fair. Well, to be fair. 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 Well, to be fair. 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 Okay, now to be fair. 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 This is so funny that you and I can be 100% matched on our favourite, but differ so radically on the 23 and the 9 Clinlishies. For me, hmm. the 9 had all the wax that I expect from that distillery, uh-huh. and the 23 and Sherry had less wax than I would want in a Clinlish. That is interesting. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> it takes two. It takes two. Like the wax is still there on the Clinlish 23, mm-hmm. but for me, the wood and the sherry really let the wax take a back seat. Wow. Whereas in the nine year old, the youthfulness and the bourbon cast maturation uh-huh. really let the waxiness come to the fore. <laughs> so take all of the wor- those words yes, that you absolutely. said and just reverse them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm glad we I'm glad we I'm glad we matched on this. So so in the interest of just sipping away on this as we have a little chat, mm-hmm. what was a, a front runner episode for you uh, of One Nation Under Whiskey in 2019? Like a front runner or the yeah, yeah. front runner? Well, I'm really asking what what was the winner for you, but obviously you can frame it. I know how I'm going to answer it, so mm. I'm not painting you into a corner. Okay. But I am curious which one you look back on or which one you throw yeah. on in the car yeah. when you're driving to Massachusetts or boarding a plane and you think, this is, this is the one I can listen to every time. Yeah, so, so first off, most of the episodes that we do I listened to all the way through just after I edited them, you know, just after I edit the episode, and then once again after it's finally released, because I'm I'm always concerned that Apple's filters might do something weird to it, and, you know, do I have to make changes? Um, so... It- it's also when avid listeners get to email you and say, there's 12 seconds missing between three and a half minutes right. and three minutes, 42 seconds. Yep, there, there you go. And that, that, <laughs> that shows you one time where I, I, was, I was probably editing up until 11.59 the night before. Because sometimes you, you just don't have the time, you know. It's very true. I spend more time trying to to be a father and trying to work my jobs that pay me over editing. So sometimes my editing happens late, late at night. But anyway, (laughs) the point that I'm trying to get at is I don't find myself always going back to listen to our podcasts. And, and that's and I, I force it that way because I'm such a ham. I could listen to my voice all day, every day, uh, any day. 
So I try to avoid that as much as possible. But to answer your question, <laughs> let me frame this. So let me tell you what it is, and then I'll tell you why. The, the episode of the year for me is an astounding, not an astounding, but overwhelmingly is, is our episode with Matthew Reese of the Americans. <laughs> because, because here, this, for a couple reasons, it gave us a chance to sit down with someone who I very much hold in incredibly high regard Sure, sure. And while, yes, I was a bit starstruck, it was such a comfortable conversation. I've listened to that episode at least five times just to think, you know, was any of it forced? Was any of it tortured? Was any of it uncomfortable? And it wasn't. Did it, this really happen? Yeah, yeah, did it really happen? But it sounds just like how you and I are talking now. Yeah. Just an excellent conversation with a good friend. And and I thought that the way we included the whiskeys, like, here's a whiskey, let's have some conversation. Okay, there's yeah. a natural break, plus your glass is a bit empty. Let's see what we can do. And, and just getting to know a bit about him was great. And I love that he asked us questions. We don't get that as much as... I'd like. So when, I mean, not that I expect anybody to ask and us questions. I was going to say, no, nor should we expect no, people no, to ask defi- us questions when we're interviewing them. Definitely not. But but it was such a nice surprise. And, and the first question he asked, you know, I can hear the surprise in my voice where I said, oh, wow, yeah, thank you. You know, just, <laughs> okay, you're, you're interested in what we have to say. That's kind of cool. So... So yeah, Matthew Reese, just a, a great person. Oh, and and one last thing. It also told me that we can successfully have a great whiskey podcast while getting off topic. Oh, and, for sure. Right? Yeah, which which we've certainly pushed the envelope out on a few times. And we've mm. talked about it. The the Garth Enos. This is now nope. the second year. Yeah. Where you, you, it's Ennis. Ennis. Yeah, yeah, rhymes with penis. I know, pen, the pen. But then, then, then you come into it and I think it must rhyme with penis because <laughs> Joshua's here. And so I will say Enos. I talk myself out of it every time. What's funny um, is, is you've been a fan of his. Like you've read some of his comic books and yet you oh, still yeah. pronounced his name wrong. Well, never never met the guy you know outside of the jubilee i never met the guy so it's not like well i just assume you you like to do things correctly and apparently that's not the case so you know i tell you what's interesting though we've had you know the irishman ennis Mm -hmm. we've had the welshman reese and we've had adol rafai yeah who he's palestinian right yep you know, even though he's out of Chicago now, but yeah, identifies as, as Palestinian. So, mm-hmm. you know, when we when we have kind of gone off topic, just just a hair, we've yet to do that with an American. Well, we have some things. Even though all three interviews have happened in America, I'm 
you know, we're working on some things to see if we can get an American in there, but we shall see. <laughs> we shall see if that comes to so, fruition. So here's here's the joy of you, Joshua. Here's, here's why we've worked so well together for so many years now, is <laughs> we picked the same single cast nation release from 2019 as our number mm-hmm. one. In thinking about us recording this episode... I figured you were going to pick Matthew Reese oh, um, sh- yeah. as as your number one podcast of the year. Yeah. However, uh-huh. I'm going to give you the opportunity All right. to show that I'm as predictable as you are by telling me what was my number one episode <laughs> of the year. Uh, and, wow. But, he, but here's the, here's the uh-huh. thing. Here, I'll give you one clue. Okay. Give you one clue, and yeah. you're, you're going to get this immediately. I'm a, I'm already surprised. Okay. You're not already telling me the answer. Uh-huh. I choose it for the exact same reasons uh-huh. you just chose Dave Broom. the the Matthew <laughs> Reese episode. <laughs> you gotta let me stop talking before you answer. It, you didn't have, but. See, this is how I know. This is how I know. It totally makes sense. I forgot how much of like you you were that puppy in the window when when he or she sees that perspective prospective prospective uh, perspective yeah perspective retrospective adjacent (laughs) prospective new owner. It was pure excitement. You would have humped the first leg you saw. <laughs> and so so that that was your it, it was Dave Broom, right? I am right. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But but that's why as I listen to you describe why you pick the Matthew Reese episode. Uh-huh. Again, just just like we did with the Clinlish and the the Clinlish twenty three and the Clinlish nine, uh-huh. where we take all the words and then we just swap them for the other one. Yeah, yours yours is applied to Matthew Reese. All of those words that you said, I apply to Dave Broom. I was a little bit starstruck. Uh-huh. I was really impressed that it was just three dudes having a chat about whiskey. Yeah, uh, yep. you know, it, for for me, it was a meditation on whiskey with somebody who really is deeply entrenched within the business mm. in the most genuine way. Like his love of global spirits yeah. shone through yeah. in that interview, in that conversation that we recorded together. Um, and the fact yeah. we were sitting at Kilhoman, the fact was that the sun was splitting the heavens, you know? Yeah, it, yeah. I, I look back on... Obviously, we're, what, 350 days, give or take, into Mm -hmm. 2019. Mm -hmm. And I look back on those 350 days and I just think that might be the happiest day I had this year. And and I'm I'm so fortunate. (laughs) I have many, 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 many happy days (laughs) in a year. That one stands out. Yeah, that one yeah. is is incredibly memorable, and a bit like getting our hands on the Bowmore and, and making the Bowmore selection. I'd really wanted to interview Dave Broom f- as long as we'd had a podcast. Both of those are two incredibly great gets for for interviewees, right? Mm-hmm. A man, and 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 you and I have spent 
time with Dave Broom before. We've hung out with him before. We have had some conversations mm-hmm. here and there. Mm-hmm. So, so we know how good a guy he is. But imagine if we hadn't. And imagine if, we, you know, the same happened with Matthew Reese, where what if both of them were just twats? <laughs> I know, right? But just like which they not always say, guys. don't meet your heroes. Yeah, yeah, right. Don't meet your heroes. But but here we are meeting some heroes of ours, and both of them were were just top blokes, just really, really good, good people. Yep. No, that was that was fantastic. And and, and with that said, yeah. yes, we have each of those episodes mm-hmm. as the standouts yeah. for the year. Mm-hmm. But look at what we achieved. With with it with actually the last episode we put out, a masterclass at yeah. Maltstock yeah. with Mark Watt, like that was that was phenomenal, unbelievable, and something of an out of body experience. Um, yeah. Going to Hareth uh, the first week of January mm. and touring a sherry region and meeting amazing, wonderful, fantastic yeah. sherry people in Hareth, getting to sit in a car in Scotland with Stuart Nickerson discussing was just gonna 40 say that. years uh, of whiskey history. Yeah. Right? that That's phenomenal. Um, going Me uh, going to, to Israel. And, right, you and, going to Israel. Right, and, and just not only interviewing, you know, the people that, that make it, but being able to report back the interesting things that they're doing in a way that no one else is doing. And and I hope too that that some of the people listen to the podcast not just to hear the interviews but you know you know when I, with my favorite podcasts I always like to hear personal stories about the hosts. I want to mm-hmm. know more about them. And my hope is that you know some of the things my own personal views of my time in Israel you know, hopefully people get to know me a bit more. They get to know you a bit more. You know, like when when your dad had passed and you talked about that and and when your brother was married in in in, in Italy and we talked a bit about that and just you Absolutely. know I, some of those things really stand out for me, little little snippets here and there. So we have had some amazing highlights. This year, well, no I, I wanted to, to add in. You know, we, we sat at Kilholman with Anthony Wills, yeah, oh, and had yeah. an incredibly honest conversation about his experience opening, running a distillery. Yeah, um, thinking about talking to Ian Robertson, a, a young fella who's distilling wonderful whiskey on Rassi, who's also a listener of the podcast. Like the, the, yeah. the, when that comes full circle. Yeah. It, I, I really do think season three has really been incredibly rewarding, and I I have really had a blast all year with the podcast. Yeah, same here. You know, it's funny as we're going through this. I'm I'm just looking through the episodes that we had, and yeah, you know, the bar episode that we did. You know, with with Aaron Zacharias and Mike Miller and Christopher Gronbeck. Yep. You know, just touching different subjects too. You know, year two, 
we did How to Sell Whiskey with Robin Robinson. Yep. Year three, it's, what's it like to be a bar owner? How do you get whiskey into mouths? What's your approach? So, whether, Well, and in 2020, we have more of those bar interviews coming up as well. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we, we definitely do. Um, and so that'll be that'll be a, a returning aspect. We added to the 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 um, I nearly said mothball uh, worm tub. We added to the worm tub episode uh, by adding Gordon Bruce to that. <laughs> so that um, being said, I think we've got one more interview to get in under our belt, <laughs> and then finally, after three plus years. People, you will get a Worm Tubs episode. It's going to be 25 minutes long and you will love it. It will be remarkable. Um, I, I will say, because, you know, with, with great uh, wonderment and joy comes, comes regret, uh, at least how I live my life. And I regret that we didn't get more live episodes We said recorded. we would. In 2019, we definitely said we would, and yeah, we, uh, we, we we said if we mothball the jubilee, it'll open up our calendars a little bit, and instead we filled it with other things. Like I've been in Scotland four or five times this year. I've been in the Netherlands once, Spain once. Uh, how many times have you been in Scotland this year? I just came back from my fifth trip. And plus you were in the Netherlands, plus you were in Spain. Yes, yeah, Spain and <laughs> Italy and uh, yeah. Um, you were in Italy this year? Oh, no, that was last year, right? That yeah, was that last was last year. year yeah. Yeah, that was last year. I, I was like, whoa, someone made a secret trip to research Grappa without me. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah, no. And I, so I, it, I does, it does remain a dream and a hope that we will get out, we will do better in recording more mm. live episodes because mm-hmm. they are so much fun. And, and the reason that I bring it up is you and I are forever, we do talk about it on the podcast as well, but we're mm-hmm. forever texting one another when we speak to each other. Just met somebody come up who said, love the podcast. Just yeah. had somebody who said, recognized your voice or your laugh from the podcast. Like it's always amazing when somebody says that to us, we still don't take it for granted. Yeah. Uh, I just love hearing that. And I always share with you and oftentimes we share with the listeners as well. So I quickly have to tell you this. So as you know, I just came back from Isla. I was spending time with uh, our new hire, Jess Lomas Mm -hmm. and our good friend, uh, Christopher Hallstrom, AKA Swede Scott. Mm -hmm. We were on Isla with, I want to say, I don't know, 18 Swedes, uh, a Finn, uh, a Canadian, a few other Americans. And I I just had a, a few days with them. And, and just as I was leaving Isla, as I was about to hop in the car and drive off to the ferry, and I'm saying goodbye to everybody, uh, a new friend uh, and a longtime friend of, of Justin Swede Scott, a guy by the name of Heike, Who's 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 a Finn? He's a Finn married to a Latvian woman living now in like just outside of London, I think. And think so? and at the very end, he said, you know, said, "Hey, you know, it's great spending time with you. Great talking with you. And by the way, really nice to put a face to the voice from the podcast." <laughs> and that was just so nice to hear that, you know, here's it, it was just 
cool. Just this random little comment that that really acted as a, a wonderful little punctuation mark for my time on Isla. Which is which is so classy because as a Finn, he sat on that the entire time he was hanging out with you. Yeah, and. Only dropped it as you were leaving. Only That's, dropped it, yep. They're wonderful people. I love the Finnish people to bits. Yeah. And uh, that is such a classic thing yeah. for them to do. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so with so with that said, we, we've got we've got high hopes. I tell you what is still... Uh, I say it makes me laugh, but only in a, gosh, how lucky are we kind of way. Mm. We still have people writing into us to say who we could be interviewing I know. in 2020. <laughs> like, here's somebody well known who you could be interviewing. It's like, yeah. And, and I will say, our very, very good friend David Jennings of Rare Bird 101 yes. reached out and not only gave us the name of somebody, but also said, I have a contact to this person. Right. If you would like to. I can help facilitate. And and what a difference that makes, right? <laughs> because if somebody reached out and said, I do think you should speak to Stephen Colbert and I can make an introduction, that's a big statement. <laughs> yes, but but I, I do like people putting goals in front of us. And, you know, <laughs> like the Stephen Colbert one, I started thinking, okay. Who might I know in the whiskey industry who's done private events for celebrities? What minor celebrities do I know that might know major celebrities, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, because one of the nice things about living close to New York and and having poured whiskey for people of note is you end up talking with them and sharing contact information with them and... And you see, okay, who knows who and how can we make it happen? So while, yes, a suggestion of here's who you should interview and here's how to get in touch with them is ideal, (laughs) I do like the suggestions as well. For sure, for sure. And I I just love the the thought of people thinking, that's who I'd like to hear Jason and Joshua talking to. (laughs) Like, that's fun. I I really love that. I love the fact that people think about us in that way. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was that was me wrapping up that little segment, and I did it very poorly. <laughs> so that's okay. that's okay. Let let me. <laughs> well, well, while you while we revel in your failure, well, let me let me pose this. I will tell you this: Bowmore yeah. is going down very easily. Yeah. So I had I had a second little pour. Oh, yeah. Which I had was a, a Johnston Hatton pour. pour. Yeah. See, I yeah. I've been doing Johnston pours. You've been doing Hatton pours. <laughs> um. So with that said, I think we should get on to what our favorite non-SCN whiskey was, either that we tasted this year or that was released and we tasted this year. So I have mine ready to go. Okay. But I don't have a bottle of it in my office. So similar to you, I know what <laughs> mine is because I've tasted it, but... And and I have another. I have a bottle of it. Say, so I tasted uh-huh. it from someone else's sample, and uh-huh. so I had to buy a bottle immediately because it sent me to heaven. Uh, so I have a bottle, but um, the bottle was signed by someone special, and and now I feel as if I can't open it, and so I have to buy yet another bottle. <laughs> 
to open that. I mean, I can open it. I'm, I'm not a collector, but it's something so nice about having that signed and sealed. Okay. Um, so, okay. Uh-huh. So that means we're just going to be drinking something else. But why don't you give me hints <laughs> as to what your bottling of the year was? We tasted it together. Uh, were we clothed? There was... We were clothed okay. when we tasted it together. There were there were people clothed people with us when we tasted it together. Did we have our car keys with us? We or did, did we put not. them in a fishbowl? Did we put them in a fishbowl? <laughs> we did not have them with us, and they were not in a fishbowl. <laughs> right, because that never happened. Anyway, continue. <laughs> uh, there was huge demand surrounding this release. Oh. Interesting. Okay, so and, yeah, go on. And and we were part of that demand. Were we in the US? No. Okay. Were we So we must have been in Scotland together. Mhm. Okay. So there was a huge demand for it. Huge. We were overseas when it was released. Mm-hmm. And then something that we don't often do. Okay. We purchased it on the day of release. And did it sell out the day of release? Yes. Wow. Um, <laughs> I posted on Instagram that I was absolutely floored by this bottling. So you got a bottle on the day that it was released, and we were drinking it quite heavily. So you got a bottle. Did I buy a bottle as well? Yes, sir. And we even got a bottle for a very good friend in Chicago. Ah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's 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 starting to crystallize here. I feel like as you're talking, you know, I just imagine this crystal ball in front of Uh me and the image is starting to get a bit more clear, a bit more clear. So we must have gotten a bottle for Michael Nolan. We did get a bottle for Michael Nolan and he was very, very appreciative and it was not easy to get him a bottle, but we did get him a bottle. We did get him Because we love him that dearly. So here's the thing. I remember the scenario. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't remember the whiskey. Okay, hold on. I was drinking samples of it Mm -hmm. in my single cast nation glass by the multi-finger fool. And and for listeners who didn't get to see me, I actually put three fingers against the side. Of my single cast nation glass. Those were deep, deep pours that I got completely lost in. Was it a distillery only release or a shop release? Distillery only release. Were we on Isla? We were on Isla. Okay. (laughs) This is brilliant. I can't, I thought you were going to guess this literally five minutes ago. (laughs) Oh. The, yeah, Octomore Event Horizon. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh, that bottle was stupendous. That absolutely floored me. So, huge question for you, because you Mm. and I are of similar minds when it comes to Octomore. Octomore 4.2 Comus 
mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, one of God's greatest gifts to mankind. Agreed wholeheartedly. Where would you put Event Horizon? I mean, could you compare the two? And if you can, does Event Horizon edge out Comus, or does Comus still hold the uh, the number one spot? For me, they're Octomore 1A and 1B. Okay. If you look at what the Saturn is doing to the Comus, mm. and then you look at what the Oloroso and PX is doing to the Event Horizon, I just think you've got two very different sides of Octomore That's being point. shown. Yeah. And I absolutely passionately love each of them. But 1A and 1B. I, I don't want to I don't want to put one above the other. I don't think I can put one above the other. You you yeah. to answer your own question? Well, yeah, so those both Octomores are 1A and 1B for me. But here's what I had I'd have to say. I, I would put the Comus before the Event Horizon. However, I think the Comus, which is, again, the 4.2, it's five years in Sautern, is such an amazing whiskey, but I don't see myself pouring a glass, pouring another glass, pouring another glass. I see that as how am I going to reward myself? Hmm. Whereas the Event Horizon, like you... I was drinking it, you know, by by the three finger full. I was right along with you, just <laughs> drinking and drinking and drinking it because it was such an amazingly good whiskey and one that for whatever reason, while while it, it is while it is as good as the Comus, I, I would view that as an everyday drinker. If you know, if it were available to be as such, yeah. But I would hold Comus to be that, you know, um, something special really happened in my life, and I need to, I need to pour a dram. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with that analysis. I'm, I, I'm the only part I might disagree with is I, I may be able to drink the Comus a little more often than you, but I don't have the opportunity, and I will not have the opportunity. So here we are. Well, I have one bottle that is still closed. I've actually had it. I've been holding on to it. I was going to open it for my 40th birthday. And uh, just to show you uh, what my life is like, I just celebrated 46, and it's still not open. So... (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've got our eyes on 50. We'll see see what happens in four years. Yeah, yeah. One year... In Sauturn cask for each decade I've spent uh, on this planet. <laughs> Look at you. You can make a story out of anything. Boom. So, so I'm glad we agree mm-hmm. on the, the sheer quality of the Octomore Event Horizon. Yeah, phenomenal. But it, but it didn't become your number one tasted whiskey of 2019. No. And, and last year, my number one was a peated whiskey. Right, if you recall, it was an eleven-year-old Lichig from Single Malts of Scotland, and I think your favorite was also an eleven-year Lichig. But it was was that Bikram's, uh, the the Chieftain's Lichig, bottled for Norfolk Wine and Spirits. Was that your favorite I, last year? I thought I picked a Beaumont Fischiel. Oh, you did pick Beaumont Fischiel. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, 
which I I didn't keep in mind as while selecting an Octomorph from Fushil. I'm not I'm not trying to be that big of a douche. Yeah. Uh, even though I did pick something that was one of two thousand bottles that sold out within an hour of going on sale. Well, good thing is that you don't have to try too hard, so that's a good thing. It's, um, it comes easily. It's natural. <laughs> uh, my whiskey, however, is an unpeated whiskey. I'm going to throw some hints at you, though I think mm-hmm. I may have told you. I may have told you. You didn't? No. I didn't. You told okay. me you had something in mind. You didn't tell okay. me what it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, this one, when I tasted it, I thought to myself, self, if another whiskey beats this whiskey... Uh, then, then it's it's got to be, uh, it's got to be angels' tears in a glass, right? And okay. and I f- I found this one pretty close, pretty damn close to the quality. Speaking of angels' tears, to the quality of the nineteen-year-old Springbank that both you and I love from a Dechar Rechar Sherry bot, and that one is nicknamed Angels' Tears. Um, but this one. Um, is from a bourbon cask. Uh-huh. It is single cask. Uh-huh. It's a distillery bottling, but it's bottled for a shop. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So you didn't just taste this from a cask in a warehouse and put it in nope. a bottle nope. and buy that. This is nope. a shop release single cask. U.S. This, shop release single cask? This is a U.S. shop release single cask. Oh boy! Okay, um, it is it, it is um, single malt whiskey, so it's not a bourbon. Mm-hmm. And I think, what other hints can I throw at you? Yeah, geez, age. I think it's only six years old. Whoa! Yep, yep, and it's around sixty percent alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm going I'm going to try to show you the color of the whiskey. Okay. And maybe this will help, but I have to do it strategically because you know, like like other distilleries, they have a bit of a bespoke a bottle shape. Okay. You you said this is single malt. It is single malt, yes. Did I sleep on you saying it's Scottish single malt? Or did you not say that word? I am going to let you question yes, how much if you're you going to show me. The, yeah, if you're going to show me the color yeah. of an ex bourbon matured single malt, and it's going <laughs> to be significant, I'm guessing this is coming from a warmer climate. Oh, maybe, maybe. Hold on. So you, you keep talking while I uh, while I get that bottle because I've got to take my headphones out. <laughs> no, we're just simply going to cut. <laughs> okay all right are you ready I, I knew it yeah absolutely that's the color i expected when you said <laughs> let me show you the color of this <laughs> yeah that's a uh-huh. that's a that's a handsome color for bourbon maturation uh-huh. and it, that cask has been wrung out like a sponge if you look at the color of this i i it's not much lighter than our 23-year-old Kleinleash for a six-year-old first fill bourbon cast matured whiskey. Yeah. yeah. My my first guess when you said six was Paul John. Okay. Because I feel like we've been around a lot of 
good Paul John casks yeah, in 2019. Have. Yeah. And and clearly Mark, uh, when he was with Cadenheads, uh, put together some really nice Paul Johns. And we, we even had one in the master class. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, with him at Maltstock. But... Um, but I, but I don't think this is a is a Paul John, and the, the only reason I say that is because now that I've seen the color of it, I firmly believe you gifted me a bottle of this when I saw you at Thanksgiving. It that I did. <laughs> thank that you very I much. I greatly appreciate that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So we are dealing with Amrut. We're dealing with an Amrut, and it's actually May, June, July, August, October. It's seven months shy of its seventh birthday. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty old uh, for an Amrut. Does it have the outturn on the label? Yeah, so uh, let me see. The cask was filled in October of 2012. It was bottled in April 2019. It's one of 120 bottles, <sighs> bottled at 60% alcohol, and it's unpeated. And I've got to tell you, like we know, and, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners know, Amra just, they simply make phenomenal whiskey. Yep. However, when a single cask stands out and overshadows, in my opinion, everything else the distillery does, like some something happened there. And I've got to tell you, you know, I, I, I know that Bikram has a very good palate. Bikram's the owner of Norfolk Wine and Spirits, and mm-hmm. he's had plenty of his own single cast bottlings and they've all been good there's no doubt about it but this uh stopped me dead in my tracks it it it's up there with the comus it's up there with some of the other ones it's a, a remarkable example of the quality that can come out of india and um yeah what is the screed on the side of the bottle yeah so vikram signed this for me and he says it says, to a dear friend, Joshua Hatton, may all your whiskeys be smooth and very high proof. <laughs> Love, Bikram Singh. <laughs> yep, he knows you. Oh, gosh, he's so naughty. He's so naughty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, so, with, so with the interests of, of time here... Mm-hmm. And given that it's just you and I chatting away here with, with, so you don't have that Amrut in your glass. I don't yeah. have the Octomore in my glass. Should we pour I've our gone, wild cards? I, I've gone on and poured my wild card, All but right. as I'm just kind of nosing it and sipping it, we, we have something else to be talking about. What What is that, Joshua? Well, I think we've, we've got to talk about what is maybe hint at things coming in 2020, right? Is is that correct? Is that where you were leaning toward, or so my wild card actually aligns beautifully with that topic? Shit, man! Um, I know it actually aligns with something that was said previously in this episode, and with something that will be said in the future in this episode. That's how good my wild card pick is. So that's interesting. This is good. This is... You know hmm. what? You know what? I've just picked my... Here's the thing. I hadn't picked my wild card. And 
And I've just picked it. And so I'm going to grab that because now we need to pour it. So hold on a Should second. Should I look away from the screen? Uh, no, it's high, high up enough, I think. Yeah, look away just in case. Just, just in, in case. case. Yeah, hold it on. It wasn't hard to look yeah. away. Okay, hold on. Don't look back in anger. I heard you say. Okay. All right. So I have picked my wild card. And I'm about to pour my wild card. And while said wild card is being poured, so let's hear it. What ties your wild card to some of the things we have going on in 2020? <laughs> um, well, I can't, I can't really tell you without telling you what the wild card is. <laughs> it's totally going to give the game away. Um, let, let me say this, though. I, I had another... Wow. I had another whiskey up my sleeve for wild card. Okay. And and I would like to talk about that for just a moment. Okay. Okay. You've got a big smile on your face after nosing. Well, no, I'm smiling because when you said uh, I have I have a bottle up my sleeve, I all I heard was um, Borat in my head. Her voice became very deep. Borat, Borat. Oh. She grew much hair on chest. And her vagine uh, start to hang loose like sleeve of wizard. I see. Yes. Every time, Joshua, every time. So I, I had a moment. Mm. As you know, and as I think the, the bulk of listeners know, I'm a, I'm a, a bit of a Lechig fan. Uh-huh. There is the, the single malts of Scotland Lechig that you referenced this yeah. time last year. Yeah, yeah. That's really heavy sherry, you know, really dominant sherry going on, which which you don't get with a lot of lechigs. And it doesn't, while it's heavy sherried, lechig is still there. That's what I loved about mm-hmm. it. Sometimes whiskeys are so sherried, you forget where they came from, but there's no mistaking where this one came from. So I told our good friend Oliver Chilton, who does the selections for Single Malts of Scotland, mm-hmm. that I was looking for a bottle. And he said, oh, don't you worry, I've, I've got a bottle for you. Yeah. And he sent me a bottle. And it was, it was a similar red, but not quite as dark. Oh, that's right. You got a sister cask, right? And I got a sister cask. Yeah, I seem to remember and that. So, so my search continued. And then we were at Old and Rare in Glasgow in (laughs) February, (laughs) Uh having a wonderful time. And I was down at the Elixir Distillers Speciality Drinks table. And Katie was there, who works closely with Ollie in London. Yeah, lovely person. And phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And I told her... Well, there's the heavy sherry one, there's the sister cast that I got sent, and she said, okay, do you want to taste the lechig that you know, or the lechig that I would like to introduce you to? Ooh. (laughs) You had me at hello. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I would like to taste the lechig that you would like to introduce me to. Okay. And so she, she said, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm just going to pour it and you're going to nose it and taste it. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. And she poured it and it's it's blonde. And oh. I nosed it. And my yeah. goodness, it was big and rich, fruity and floral, unlike a lechig I'd ever had in my life. 
and uh, and I tasted it. It was just phenomenal. Massive mouthfeel, wonderful oils, really delivered. You know the Lechig experience, but with so much more going on mm. round about it. And I said, Katie, what the hell is this Lechig? And uh, she said, this is, uh, and I, I can't remember exactly whether it was first Phil Bourbon or or second, and uh, but it was Bourbon Cast Matured Lechig. Yeah. And I said, is this still available at the Whiskey Exchange? Can I still get this? Mm. And she said, this was a shop exclusive for Belgium. Oh, wow. And I said, you have got to be kidding me. And uh, I said, it is phenomenal. I will now search out a bottle. And as the year went on, I think I got to maybe June or July. Yeah. And I acquired a bottle. You did. At ah. auction. And it's sitting in Glasgow. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> I do not those, have a yeah. bottle of this on me either. But But in terms of... You know, and, and I think you just said this about the Amrut as well. In terms of knowing a distillery, looking out for that distillery, forever tasting expressions for that from that mm-hmm. very distillery, mm-hmm. and you taste a sample of it that just stops you in your tracks. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And yep. you go, Holy shit, this still exists in this world? Like <laughs> Wow, I can still have these moments. Wow. Yeah. Isn't it nice to find whiskeys that remind you why you drink whiskey? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I am I'm so happy to own a bottle of that, even if it's not open, even if it's not in my glass right now. I'm, I'm so happy I secured it. And I will continue to keep my eyes open Good. for for more ex- more of that exact bottling. No, well, so. now, I I don't think I tasted that bottle at Old and Rare, but now I I need to seek out a bottle as well, <laughs> g- given your... You're not outbidding me for it. No, I'm not, I'm not going to outbid you, but I, I, you know, much like me buying you, you know, as a gift, yes. uh, my, my favorite bottle, I hope that... If I find one on auction, you will at least let me buy it, it myself. Yeah, let me win it. Um, I hope you will take a back seat to my winning it. Interesting. So there you go. So there's my that was a that was a wild card that I had in my head that that didn't make it uh, into the eventual winner. So I'm going to talk about both uh, a sneaky peeky into the future and how this connects to an episode previously. Huh. Uh, covered in this episode okay and it connects to me just being in glasgow in in early november okay so i'm 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 not going to give you clues because there's nothing i could do to be imprecise here any word that came out of my mouth you would you would guess what it was right away it's not a whiskey it's not from scotland it's from an island in the caribbean Hmm. It, it is a category mm-hmm. that Dave Broom has supported for many a decade that has not yet come to fruition. Okay. It is part of a generational shift that I talked about seeing. Can I, can I interject I, at all? <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> okay. When I was in Glasgow 
at the beginning of November. Uh-huh. The exact expression that I have in my glass uh-huh. comes from a group release that we did in 2019. Oh. I think it was, shit, it was 2019. <laughs> <laughs> my life is passing me by. Yes, 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 yes. Good, good, good. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> it was from an online group release. This was bottled for an online group is what I'm trying to say. Oh, wow. Okay. And, yeah. and, yeah. We had an expression in our very first UK European release, mm-hmm. and we have another expression coming to the US for online sale. That's right. In 2020. Uh huh. Now you may speak. Someone really likes Angostura rum. <laughs> <laughs> checks out it's it's all things it's interesting it's different it's fascinating it's a different category it's a category that's on the rise it's a category that young people are really getting into it's so much fun to share it's Mm. so much fun to pour blind at tastings when people who otherwise don't think they like rum say oh yeah is this bourbon cast matured scotch like it's got a sweetness that i love it's got a freshness and a brightness that i love this what is this (laughs) and then you get to say this is angostura rum it's pretty special man yeah and what what i like about the one that will be coming for online sales in the u.s much like the 16-year-old that we released for UK and Europe, this is a rum matured in a sherry hogshead. So it's mm-hmm. doing things to mm. rum that you don't normally mm. see in rum. Mm. Yeah, the one that I have in front of me is First Fill Bourbon Barrel Angostura uh, at 53.3% okay. alcohol. Yeah, The one that I poured in Glasgow, yeah, 16 years in sherry hoggy yeah yeah it was you know it was i think second fill or refill so it wasn't yeah. massive sherry but it was quite obvious sherry. and it was and it was so fascinating to people who wanted to be fascinated by it yeah and and there were still those who would say rum's not my thing but wow that's interesting wow that's that's different Mm-hmm. And and that's that's what I live for. That's what I want to hear when I pour something for somebody. A bit like we just said about the Lechig and the Amrut. I want someone to say, huh, you, you have my attention. Right. Yeah, sometimes I don't mind hearing that, even if it's something that people don't particularly like, but it it challenges their assumptions on what a whiskey could be, what a rum could be, what a mezcal mm-hmm. could be, mm-hmm. etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's, that's always fun, whether people like it or not. And the number one thing we say to people, I'm not a rum expert, yeah. not a mezcal expert. Yeah. I'm a scotch drinker. I, I'm just looking for flavors that yeah. speak to this palate. 
That's yeah, what yeah, I'm looking exactly. for. Exactly. And if, if that happens to be some category that we haven't explored greatly, so be it. Yeah. But here come the flavors. Enjoy those, appreciate, yeah. explore those flavors. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So how beautifully did that tie three distinct strands together? Well, much more beautifully than... So, so mine does not connect to... <laughs> the needle is... Just sliding right off the vinyl right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it connects a little bit to to what we were just talking about, where you pour something for someone and it opens their eyes. It challenges their current perception of a spirit style. Mm-hmm. It's, and it says, wait a second, no, it's not all bad, or no, it's not all good. Mm-hmm. And so... What I'm about to talk about, I've actually had this bottle for quite some time, but I rarely find... Classic Josh. (laughs) I rarely find a time to pour it because it doesn't often come up in conversation. Oh, interesting. But I was in New York, uh, sorry... New York, Connecticut, and Massachusetts. I had to remember which 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 states it was. Uh, with Mike Wheeler of Pandaren, just just a couple of months back. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we're we're starting to talk about whiskeys that we love, and whiskeys that we definitely don't love, and whiskeys we're surprised are so popular. And we got onto the subject of Johnny Walker. Red. Mm. And the Johnny Walker range in and of itself, some people kind of will crap, you know, especially those who are, uh, should I say snobbish? Maybe they prefer single malts and so much so where they prefer to stay away from blends because it's uncharted territory or perhaps they, they haven't heard the best thing about blends or what have you. But, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of, Johnny Black and Up. And as far as Johnny Red goes, it's it's it doesn't really hit my flavor profile. It's young, it's 40%. Um, it's I think the reason why it's so very popular, it's it's one of those ones that becomes a great well drink. It's for those people that want a scotch on the rocks. They're not very yeah. discerning. They just want to have something they enjoy the taste, and it's more it's a social thing, right? It's in every restaurant. It's in every bar. You know you'll get it. Exactly. You know what you'll have in your tumbler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so we're talking about this, and I thought to myself, self, I'm going to surprise Michael with this. So I have, and this is my wild card, and being able to revisit it this year, just it just reminded me of how damn good it is. So I have this bottle of Johnny Walker Red yep. that um, that is definitely bottled in the seventies. I know we my my parents purchased this bottle when we bought our house in Connecticut in, in Central Connecticut right around nineteen seventy eight. Like it's one of those things. Okay, we have a new house. We need stuff in the house in case we're going to host a party or something. <laughs> so this was purchased somewhere around 1978. So it was, I don't know how old Johnny Red was back then, but let me tell you, back in the 70s, Johnny Walker Red was 
non-chill filtered. Mm. It was bottled at 43.4% alcohol, which is 86.8 proof for those who want to hear me use the word proof and not swear. And (laughs) natural color. And if you look at that, that is a good, deep Mm -hmm. color. So there is a lot of sherry cask whiskey in this Johnny Red. And what we did is, so I brought this bottle with me on the trip. And at one of the shops we got, oh, I think Bikram gave it to us, um, a nip of a modern Johnny Red to do a side-by-side. And what I did, I didn't tell Mike that I had this old 70s bottling. I just whipped it out. Sounds like you. Excuse me, while I whip this out. And tasted him on it blindly. And he's saying, all right. (laughs) Ooh, that's good. He's talking about the texture. He's talking about the richness of flavor. You know, all this... And uh, and then I showed him the bottle, and it was exactly what we said before. It changed people's perception of what a whiskey could be. And you compare it to a modern-day Johnny Red, and, and the two whiskeys couldn't be more far apart. This 70s Johnny Red is an amazing blend for whiskey drinkers. Yeah. Oh, without any shadow of a doubt. When you get those antique blends yeah you you can have something extraordinary on your hands and it it, you know it often leads to that statement why can't they do now what they did then it's a different time in the industry right there are different casts available there's different demand local global just a different time some of those questions that we were asking Stuart Nickerson you know when he broke into the industry in the Mm. late 70s what was he seeing? It was it was a blended industry. It wasn't a single malt industry. Right. You you yeah. lived and died by your blends. Yeah. And, and and that's what everybody understood. So it's it's just a very different time. Go back and enjoy those antique blends. And, yeah. And, and and explore them. See what you find. But it is again, like you're saying, it's a it's a moment where you stop in your tracks, and you go, wait a minute. This is a this exactly. is a what? Exactly. So I, I remember having that experience for myself when when my, my mother and stepfather were moving from, from their house and giving up their bottles and taking that back and saying, Oh my gosh, that is fantastic. And then getting to to give that same experience to Mike. Um and the last thing that I'll say about this too is, you know, people might hear this and say, Well, like you had said, why why is it different? Why would it be different? in the 70s than it is now. And sure, things are different, but if you think about 1978, it's just a few short years before distillery after distillery after distillery is being shut down, dismantled, demolished. So there's far more whiskey being made available. And where is it going to go? In the day of blends, it goes in blends. And, And then the other thing that makes this so very interesting is back then there was something called Paxaret sherry casks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Paxaret, they would basically take like a sherry concentrate and and basically, you know, almost impregnate the wood with that Paxaret sherry. And and 
it's a specific flavor that you only find in some of these older whiskeys, and Paxaret is just not done anymore. It's illegal now. It's it's considered an additive these days in whiskeys. So anyway, that was my wild card. That's a great wild yeah. card. I, I love that. And it certainly was not released this year. You've mm-hmm. really taken your own stretching of the rules to the nth degree on that one. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it was released 41 years ago. <laughs> but it's this year's wild card, damn it. Uh, so um, just, so I, I just yeah. want to say just a very yeah. quick thing about yeah. blends, actually, is in the in the second half of January, mm-hmm. you and I will be interviewing John Glazer for this very podcast. And we will be talking blends and blending. And I would also love Mm. our listeners to reach out if they have got questions that they would like to be asked directly of John Glazer. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so send us your mailbag questions, but also send us in your questions for John Glazer. A nice, really rare opportunity to be interviewing him on his right? home turf. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Exactly. So so just it, it felt right within the moment to, to draw that. Plus, if we're teasing some 2020 things, there's something that we're doing in the second half of January in London. And that's gonna be a blast. That's gonna be a great, yeah. great day. Oh, I'm uh, glad is, you is made there, that connection. <laughs> <laughs> is there something coming up for the nation that that you're particularly excited about that you'd like to drop the you know drop some knowledge on the the listeners at the end of this podcast yeah let me let me do this and and this was shown on instagram before and and you know granted we're not very active on instagram and in fact i think it was only shared on your own personal instagram and not our single cast nation instagram but one of the projects for 2020 that has me so very excited is that you and i selected two casks of Catoctin Creek 100% rye whiskey Mm. and taken that rye whiskey and put it into an ex-Pedro Jimenez sherry hogshead that previously held Kilhoman whiskey. So this is going to be a peated, sherried rye whiskey that I can't think of anyone else who has done something like this before. And I think it's going to be fantastic. That has me so excited because it ticks the boxes for so many people. American whiskey, rye whiskey, peat, sherry. Like, what could that be? And I'm so excited to to see how that's going to end up. Well, and the fact that you and I are dipping into it to see how the maturation yeah. is going yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is, a, is a wonderful opportunity for us and, and something we desperately want to be doing more of in the future. But this is kind of a, the beginning of something for us, mm-hmm. of getting to see, okay, what happens every three months if you dip into a cask? Right. Um, that's really exciting. And again, having that opportunity to collaborate with Scott and Becky Harris, who are wonderful, wonderful people, and so much fun to collaborate with. So much fun. And and actually, now that we're talking about that, I think we may have 
touched on this a bit in our most recent episode with them. Listeners can go back and three or four episodes back and and hear that, which was a phenomenal episode. But, But I thought it was worth mentioning one last time because I was with Anthony Wills at Kilhoman just two days ago. And I needed to get the confirmation from him that we could use the word Kilhoman oh. on bottles and in messaging. And he said, yeah, please go ahead. Oh, you hadn't even told me that part. Here's oh, a little reveal on the podcast. There I love go. finding out things at the same time as the listeners. There you go. <laughs> I, will, I will also say that when taking a peek at 2020, mm-hmm. we have, with each of us having the, the first... In the Woodcut series, the Bowmore 1989, uh-huh. we will have the second in the Woodcut series. And as we watch the proofs of the label pass back and forth between uh-huh. you and our designer, uh-huh. Moana McAuliffe, we're, we're trying something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be... It's... It, Either way, it's going to be an amazing label. I think it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> the thing that has me... I mean, granted, I'm incredibly excited about the art, but uh-huh. this cask, which I do not want to reveal just no. yet... No, we are not revealing the cask. ...is, is somewhat monumental and, wor- and a worthy follow-up to the 30-year-old Bomore that we did. A oh, very for sure. worthy follow-up. For sure. No, the, this this second the woodcut series is is every bit as special as the first. Yeah. And I, I love the way it's forming and coming together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but as I look at the clock on the wall, Joshua, not only is our episode coming to a close, but 2019 is coming to a close. Oof. And as always, I sincerely thank you for your partnership in this enterprise and in this relationship that you and I have. Yeah. And I tell you in person and I tell you over these wax airwaves <laughs> that I love you dearly. I love being in business and in partnership with you. And 2019 has been phenomenal. I am so excited, as I am every mm. single year of Single Cast Nation and everything else we do, I am so excited for 2020 to begin and for us to to work out what that year looks like for us. Well, as usual, you're much better with words than I am. (laughs) So so all I can say to that is uh, I'm rubber and you're glue. Uh, I I don't want anything from you sticking to me. (laughs) That's not how this partnership works. (laughs) What is, is that? Is that hair gel? Oh, thank you. Um, so, so I, I'm going to leave our listeners with this. Like you had said, we're looking at the calendar. It is the end of the year. So, for those that celebrate Christmas, have a merry Christmas. If Hanukkah is your thing, have a wonderful Hanukkah. If you do Kwanzaa. Have a wonderful, peaceful Kwanzaa. There are tons of other holidays there, but those are the first three that come to mind. And most importantly, for everybody, I hope that 2020 is a better year for you than 2019 was. Undoubtedly. And, and to extend out to our listeners, 
and to just once again reiterate everything we do with this podcast mm-hmm. is for you yeah. and without you we're just two jamokes getting drunk on a FaceTime conversation. Oh, I thought you said everything that we do is for me. You were talking to the listeners. I was. All right. I was. None of this is for you, Joshua. None of it. It is all for the listeners. And so to each and every one of them, I say thank you. Thank you. And I wish you the best for 2020. And we will be back January 1 of 2020 talking with the wonderful Alistair Walker, who has started his own life as an independent bottler. Those of you who may not know the name Alistair Walker, he is of the Walker family, the same people who previously owned Glendronach, Ben Riach, Glenglassa, currently owning Glenallachie. And like you had said, yeah, he broke off. He started his own independent bottling company. And we get into all of that in the interview. So if you're nursing a hangover, pop on some Alistair Walker. You'll have a lovely, lovely time. Send in your questions for the mailbag. Send in your questions for John Glazer. Keep listening. Tell your friends. Leave a review at iTunes if you'd be so kind. Five stars, please. And until the new year, Joshua... Lachaim and Slange. Slange Tov. Beautiful. There we go. We done did it.